0: Hello and welcome to Quick Hits, a podcast brought to you by Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting in Ottawa, Canada. I'm Phil Gursky, president of Borealis, and I want to address an issue that has is been getting a fair bit of play lately in the world's media, mostly in the West, I would imagine, and that's this phenomenon that's been called cancel culture. What it is, is essentially a phenomenon whereby people mount some kind of a campaign to try to eliminate dissenting voices to try to censor content that's found online or offline. And in the worst case scenario, to actually get people fired, to get institutions to release individuals who express opinions with which the signatories often there's letters or petitions, either be the online or real world that are signed, and they want these uh, institutional leaders to get rid of people who express views with which they disagree. Now, This particular movement is not uh, a new one. It's been around for a while and various parts of the political spectrum have engaged in it traditionally. Now there seems to be a bit of a trend that it seems to be left of center that is engaged in this. But certainly historically, uh, many people on the right part of the political spectrum have engaged in it. One of the more uh, famous examples from my perspective, at least recently, is an effort or a campaign rather to get Stephen Pinker. Now, Stephen Pinker is one of the world's leading intellectuals. He's a Canadian. When I first heard of Mr. Pinker, he was uh, a, quite a renowned linguist. He has since moved on to other matters. He has uh, been deemed a, a global intellectual. You may have heard of some of his works. One of the most recent books he wrote was The Better Angels of Our Nature, which is a comprehensive look at human society over the past 10,000 years in which Mr. Pinker shows quite convincingly from my perspective that violence as a human condition, violence as a human action, has actually fallen precipitously over the past 10,000 years. And he has lots of data, some of it anecdotal, but lots of it actually statistical to show this is true. Anyhow, uh, Steven Pinker has been criticized by a bunch of people who want to essentially get rid of him because of a number of tweets, which I think date back some years ago, which take positions on police shootings. And apparently, whatever Mr. Pinker wrote, and I'm not privy to those tweets, upset people. People that think that there's only one position on police shootings and that if you do not share that position, you shouldn't have the right to express your opinion. Hence, they're calling on him basically to be fired. Now, this is a podcast on terrorism, so I'm not going to dwell on Mr. Pinker, And his trials and tribulations. I want to move on to something which is affecting a colleague of mine. His name is Mitchell Silber. He used to work for the New York Police Department or NYPD. That's where I met him in the mid 2000s. He was a civilian analyst, he was not a sworn member of the NYPD. He was like me, he was a civvy and he was a terrorism analyst. And I really liked engaging with Mitch because we did a lot of work together on homegrown terrorism. In fact, back in 2007, he and a colleague, Arvind Bhatt, another civilian with the NYPD, came out with this amazing document that talked about radicalization. I didn't agree with all everything that was in it, but it was a really good document. It was open source at the time. Anyhow, uh, Mitch has moved on from the NYPD. He teaches a part-time at Columbia University in a program called SIPA, uh, which I think is a School of International Political Affairs. I'm not entirely certain on that. He teaches a course on terrorism. in fact he teaches several courses on terrorism one of which is entitled modern urban terrorism well that has really pissed some people off in fact a number of them wrote a letter to the president of the university in which they claim that quote silver has shown over and over again through his past work i.e the nypd and even his current course and work that to him Islamophobia, racism, and imperialism are acceptable principles. They went on. They demand, quote, Silber be fired for his racist, Islamophobic, and violent beliefs. That's pretty serious stuff. And there were eight students, I believe, that signed this particular petition. The push comes to shove. It went up, and the university decided uh, there's no there, there, and they have no intention of, of letting go of, of Mr. Silber. Really interestingly, a bunch of former students actually wrote a letter saying that they don't want Mitch fired because his course is fantastic. Some have said it's the best course they've ever taken. It gave them an incredible understanding of terrorism and that they didn't see Mitch as a xenophobic and racist and imperialist or, empirist or whatever the hell the words were that the others used. This is where it gets even better. None of the students which called for Mitch's dismissal ever took one of his courses, not a single one. So they were pronouncing sentence on Mitch's courses without having actually attended them. Wow, that's interesting, isn't it? Anyhow, long story short, Mitch has not been fired. I'm very happy for that. He's still at Columbia and he'll still use his his experience and his background to inform students on the phenomenon of terrorism. Why is this worrisome? Because Mitch is not alone in this. There are dozens of people, some of whom are very very high profile, like J.K. Rowling, the uh, British author of the Harry Potter series, who has had people call on her to be shut up for her views, I believe, on transgender, if memory serves me correct. I've already referred to Steven Pinker. There's a professor wrote in, in British Columbia who's been threatened with firing because of his position. And some institutions are kowtowing to these demands, and they are silencing people. And in some cases, people who have had these accusations made against them are issuing apologies. Oh, I never meant to say that. Oh, I apologize. Oh, I wasn't thinking properly. Oh, that was a different time and and it was wrong. Look, if in fact things are said or posted that are truly unacceptable, truly racist in nature, A, they shouldn't have been posted or said in the first place, and B, if found out, there should be some kind of an apology or a retraction. I couldn't agree with that more. If you're posting swastikas and, and neo-Nazi symbols on your Twitter account, A, Twitter should take you down in the first place. But B, you shouldn't be doing it. And C, if you're found out, you should say, my bad. I won't do it again. But this is going beyond that. This so-called cancel culture is an instance of individuals who simply don't like those who disagree with their positions and want to shut them up. This is censorship. This is one group of people deciding what is acceptable and what is not. And they will leverage the power of the internet and social media to put pressure on people to either apologize and or institutions to fire them this is not right this is not what happens in a liberal secular democratic society people who want to engage in these activities should do us all a favor and move to china or russia or north korea where freedom of speech is not allowed and only the party's dictates are the things that are found if you live in the west You have to make a fundamental assumption. and You have to accept that we have freedom of speech. The famous saying, I may disagree with what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. That's the bedrock of Western society. We can have debates. We can support our own individual positions. We can disagree, sometimes vehemently. But we cannot demand that one person's point of view is unable to be aired just because we disagree with it. That is simply wrong, whether it comes to terrorism studies or Steven Pinker's work or J.K. Rowling's views or whatever. Short of being hate, short of being truly disgusting material. And even in the United States, a lot of things get accepted under their First Amendment, freedom of speech, that in many countries, including my own here in Canada, would probably not accept. The bottom line is every individual has a right to an opinion. They have a right to form the opinion and they have a right to express the opinion. And no one, and I stress no one has the right to tell me what to think or what not to think, what to post or what not to post, what to blog or what not to blog. That is not acceptable in a democratic society. Came across a story recently, where in, in China and I've, taught, I've, I've written a lot about China, especially the, the Northwest Xinjiang autonomous region, which of course is largely Muslim and uh, largely Uyghur. And the Chinese have put millions, a million people in concentration camps, which they call re-education centers. There's an Orwellian term for you. And this article noted that some people are being placed there for having thoughts they didn't know they had. In other words, Uyghurs are being picked up and said, you are an extremist. And the poor people don't understand what the word extremist even means, let alone have extremist thoughts. Do we want to go to society with that? Is this like a society like Minority Report, where we have precogs that determine what I'm going to think tomorrow? I don't want to go there. I certainly hope that you don't want to go there either. So let's do each other a favor. Let's cancel, cancel culture. Let's leave room for honest, open, civil debate amongst individuals who have various opinions. That's how democracies are created. If you don't like what I have to say or what I post, please engage with me and bring facts to the table that establish your opinion and challenge mine. I will be the first person to Have this conversation with you as long as you're not threatening to ban me or you're threatening to fire me. And if it turns out your facts are better than my facts and they're real and they're reliable, I'll change my mind. I have in the past and I will in the future. But don't you dare try to tell me or Mitch or Steven Pinker or JK Rowling or the hundreds of others that have been subject to this campaign, don't you dare tell us what to think or what to do. Yeah, that's my view on cancel culture. I think it should be canceled. What do you think? Have you engaged in these campaigns? Have you, been, have you been subject to these campaigns and threatened with dismissal? Let me know. You can reach me on email, borealisrisk at gmail.com. You'll also find me on Twitter at Borealis Saves, on LinkedIn, and on Facebook. You can subscribe to all the content I produce, podcasts, blogs, media interviews, etc., etc. Please go to my website, www.borealisthreatenrisk.com. Hit the subscribe button. Give me your email address. You'll get a free daily digest, all the material to your inbox first thing in the morning. I'd love to hear from you. Feedback on this podcast, other podcasts and blogs, ideas for future podcasts and blogs. I'll talk to you again soon. Until then, stay safe.